Paul says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and have done everything to stand firm. To stand firm. Would you all please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's been a few weeks, but uh, a few weeks ago, a very young pastor got on the radio to give an address on a station that went across the whole country, give this radio address. Uh, and the title of his talk, his speech, whatever you want to call it, was The Younger Generation's Altered Concept of Leadership. The Younger Generation's Altered Concept of Leadership. And he got on the radio and he started talking about how leadership, real leadership, doesn't really look like the leadership most of us experience today. This young pastor said, the, the leadership that we're experiencing today, it's all based on selfishness and greed and power. And the young pastor said, that's not at all what leadership is supposed to look like. He said, leadership is about putting the needs of someone else before your own. It's about believing in the whole community and not just the individual. The pastor went on to say that true leadership is like the way a parent cares for a child. Doing everything the parent can to raise the child so that one day that child can be a good parent as well. And then the pastor said that real leadership is what we call in the church discipleship. Because one of the marks of discipleship is recognizing that no one is alone. That no one should have ultimate authority or ultimate power because everyone in Christianity, everyone in the church is subject to God. God is leader over all. And a true leader always recognizes that God comes first. And while this young pastor was talking on the radio, he said that last word, those last words, that all leaders are subject to God. And it was right then at that point that the radio froze and the line was cut and all of the power was turned off at the radio station. It came out a few days later that some people in places of authority, some people with tremendous amounts of power, heard what the young man said on the radio and they were so angry, they did everything in their power to cut it off. Can you imagine the kind of fear that is required from a leader that to hear a young pastor on the radio, instead of letting that person finish, they had to do everything they could to stop it? Can you imagine how much trouble that pastor got in for saying what was said? Can you imagine trying to say something so poignant on the radio only to have it cut off before you're able to finish? And maybe, maybe you can't believe it. Maybe you're thinking, surely... Surely, in today's world, no one would be so foolish to speak out about the governing authorities and the powers and principalities. Or maybe you're thinking that the freedom of speech that is so important, that we hold so dear in our country, would prevent anyone from ever being told that you're too hypercritical of those in power. And if you're thinking any of those things, you're right. I made it up. It didn't happen. At least... It didn't happen the way I described it. It was on January 30th, 1933, Adolf Hitler became the democratically elected chancellor of Germany. 
Germany, the land that produced the likes of Bach and Goethe and Dürer, was now being led by a man who consorted himself with criminals and was often seen carrying around a dog whip in public. Hitler was known for his ruthless uses of power for destructive purposes, his love of propaganda, and his fear-mongering through scapegoating. And not many of us today can remember what it was like when he ascended into power, simply because we weren't alive. It was too long ago. But the world shuddered when he began to rule. And it was two days, two days after Hitler was elected president, that a young man, a young pastor, named Dietrich Bonhoeffer gave a radio address to the entire nation. The entire address was about the dangers of worshiping a leader the way Christians are supposed to worship Jesus. He critiqued the people of his beloved country who were blind to the injustices around them already and to those that were surely to be committed in the future. And he called for all Christians to stand firm against an idolatrous nation that would be marched to its doom. And they cut it off. They shut down the radio signal in the middle of his speech before he could even finish. Paul is abundantly clear in his letter to the church in Ephesus that the role of the Christian is the opposite of going with the flow. He calls for the Christians to stand in faith with all of the armor of God against all of the evils and injustices of the world made manifest in the powers and principalities. He says, stand your ground against enemies and rulers and authorities and cosmic powers and all spiritual forces of evil. This is a call. It's the very last thing he writes about. That we are to be courageous with every fiber of our being regardless of the circumstances. Because standing up in our faith, not necessarily for our faith, but in our faith, for the vision of the kingdom of God, will make us unpopular. At least according to the ways of the world. Going against the flow, it always runs the risk of ridicule. If not worse, as we strive to be faithful people living in communities of faith. Paul has this vision for the church, a church that stands firm in its convictions about the first being last and the last being first, a church that is willing to debate, a church that is willing to call into question the powers with their values that stand in opposition to God's. And in this proclamation, he says, the kingdom of God is the goal, not an individual, not people with power, the kingdom. And sadly today, Christians like you and me, we're told far too often to just go with the flow, to chill out, to relax about everything under the sun. But Paul's words beg us to reconsider our posture of passivity, because we're not merely sitting along for the ride as the world falls apart around us. We are bound to the created world even if we can no longer harmonize with it. We, you and I, Christians, we have a responsibility to stand for those who no longer can, to speak for those who have lost their voice, and to empower those who have been disenfranchised. And that is not a popular thing to do. You and me, we'd rather hear St. Paul tell us that our lives would be so much easier if we just went with the flow. We'd like to read a passage about how if you just pray harder, you'll get healthier and wealthier. We want God to tell us that every little thing is going to be all right. But being a Christian isn't popular. And it's certainly not easy. Paul calls for Christians to wear the armor of God because we're going to need it. 
Some Christians, since the time of Jesus, have been willing to name the powers and the principalities for what they were. They've stood firm, without fear, bearing the repercussions of their actions, knowing full and well that God was with them regardless of the outcome. They knew that the kingdom of God was far more important than their individual lives. Things got really difficult for that young man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer after he made that first radio address. Because as Germany descended into Fuhrer worship with the German church emphasizing politics more than theology, Bonhoeffer struggled with what it meant to be authentic to the word of God as a pastor, as a Christian. With each passing day, he saw injustices and evils being perpetrated in the name of his beloved country to such a frightening degree that once, when he was asked about his prayer life, he said, if you want to know the truth, I pray for the defeat of my country. For I believe that is the only way to pay for all the suffering my country has caused in the world. By 1940, Bonhoeffer was forbidden to speak in any public forum. He was required to let the Gestapo know of all of his movements. The next year, he was forbidden to print or publish any of his thoughts. And on April 5th, 1943, 10 years after making that radio address, he was arrested and thrown into jail. He was there for two years, praying and waiting fervently, hoping against hope that the Second World War would come to an end, that he would get to return to his fiance and his family and his church. And just two weeks before the war ended, he was murdered. Right before his execution, Right before he was marched out to the parade grounds to be killed, he was allowed to preside over one final worship service. And his last words to his fellow prisoners were, This is the end. But for me, it's the beginning of life. There is a strong temptation for any of us here to hear a story like this one about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and we regard him as this exceptional example of what it means to be a disciple. We encounter the story of him standing firm, and because it is such an extreme example, we can appreciate it, but we cannot resonate with it. And that makes complete and total sense considering the fact that it is extremely unlikely that any of us here will ever be silenced or imprisoned or murdered for our commitment to going against the flow. And yet Paul is bold with the end of his letter to conclude with a call to be strong in the Lord. To wear the armor of God because you're going to need it. We might not ever encounter a sweeping governmental and idolatrous disaster like the one in Nazi Germany. But we all know. We all know the slippery slope that begins when we worship those in power the way we are meant to worship God. We might not ever have the opportunity nor the desire to speak to an entire nation about the evil in our midst. But we can all think of ways that our voices can draw attention to injustices that are happening here in Woodbridge. We might not ever be punished with jail time or threatened with death for calling the powers and principalities into question. But we can all imagine the stress and anxiety that would begin if we did so in small and tangible ways here and now. One of the things the gospel promises is pain and suffering to anyone who engages with the things that really matter. 
And that's why we need the church community surrounding us. It's why we need the armor of God protecting us. It's why we need the voice of the Lord empowering us. And it can be really hard for us who believe that we are a Christian nation or that Christian values are normative here. It can be really hard for us to hear that being a Christian means being counter-cultural. It means that we are called to stand in and firm for things that are not necessarily the same things that the culture stands for. I often joke that Jesus could really use some better PR because the stuff the church has to offer, it doesn't sell very well. Come join us. We'll teach you how to get smacked on both cheeks. Come join us and give us all your money. Come join us and go the extra mile. We don't have simple fixes. We don't have salves that will make your life go back to normal. We don't shuffle everyone in here every Sunday just so we can pat ourselves on the back and go on our merry way. It should come as no surprise to any of us here, particularly when we hear more of what Jesus had to say in the Gospels, that the once large crowds all but disappeared by the time he was hanging on the cross. Because all of this going against the flow stuff, it's not anything we're naturally disposed to. It is so dissonant with what we're told about the way the world works. But the kingdom of God is not the same thing as the world. We do this very difficult and challenging work of going against the flow, not because it's easy or because it's fun, but because it is simply what God did for us. If God went with the flow, if God just chilled out, if God just relaxed a little bit, we would still be left to our own devices. We would be twiddling away the good gift of creation. We would still be suffering under the reign of sin and death. But God in Christ stood firm. God in Christ went against the flow for something different. And it was while wearing the armor of God that Jesus mounted the hard wood of the cross with the divine declaration that the power of sin, the empire of the powers and principalities, they've come to an end. It was with a sure and firm foundation that the Lord of Lords inaugurated the beginning of a new time, a new kingdom, one in which real power would be felt in weakness, where standing firm is always worth the pain, and where life can even be found in death. And so, friends, put on the whole armor of God. Stand firm and do everything you can to go against the flow. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.